When my dad was teaching me how to shoot a rifle, he took me out to the target range. After a very long and intensive safety lesson, he showed me how to sight the gun toward the target. And so I aimed directly at the bullseye, pulled the trigger, and missed the target entirely. So I tried again, several times. I actually hit the paper the target was printed on a couple of times, but I wasn't coming anywhere near the target itself, so my dad asked me where I was aiming. I told him the answer that made sense to me, I was aiming dead center middle of the bullseye. So my dad then gave me a physics lesson to help me understand that when the bullet comes out of the end of the the rifle, it actually doesn't go straight. Uh, Gravity causes it to curve downward toward the earth. So in order to hit the middle of the target, I needed to aim a little bit higher. Actually, to hit the middle of the target, I needed to give the gun to my dad. But that's another story. From this experience, I learned two important spiritual lessons that Paul describes here in Philippians chapter 3, starting with verse 10. There Paul writes, I want to know Christ and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of sharing in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death. And so somehow to attain the resurrection from the dead. Two things this morning that the Scripture teaches us. First, as believers, we must aim high. And second, if you actually want to hit the target, you need to let God do it. Let's take a look at those two things here in this passage of Scripture. First of all, as believers, we need to aim high. For most of us, we aim way too low, spiritually speaking. We sometimes define being a Christian as showing up for church on Sunday morning, giving our tithes and offerings, being a a nice person, don't drink, don't smoke, don't chew, don't go with girls that do, you know, all those good things. (laughs) Follow the rules. That's basically it. Now, there's some obvious problems with that as a definition of what a Christian is. First of all, all the way back to the New Testament day, People were thinking that following the rules wasn't just the way to be a good Christian, that that following the rules was the way to be saved. And Paul was very specific to correct that misinterpretation. Paul talks about the fact that we can't possibly be good enough. We are in desperate need of the grace only Jesus Christ can provide. In Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8, Paul writes, For by grace you are saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Now, now most of us this morning have probably gotten past that particular understanding. We understand that we can't work our way into heaven. We understand that, that we can't somehow make ourselves good enough for God. We could never attain that. We know we need the grace of Christ. But here's where even some of us get tripped up. Even though we know our salvation is by grace, we still sometimes equate being a good Christian to following the rules. Now let me say very clearly this morning, there's nothing wrong with rules. We should go to church on, a, on at least a weekly basis. There's just no substitute for gathering together with other believers and giving worship and praise to our Heavenly Father. 
Our tithes and offerings, our recognitions that everything that we have comes from God, that's a good thing to realize. That don't drink, don't smoke, don't chew stuff, that stuff will kill you, so that's a good thing to stay away from it. So rules aren't bad, they actually can be a very good thing for us, but here's the thing. If that's all being a Christian means to us, we're aiming way too low. Here's how Paul defined it. This was the goal that he had in life. It was not to be a great missionary, although Paul was an incredible missionary. It was not to be a fantastic preacher, although Paul was an extraordinary preacher. He was that and many more. But here is Paul's goal in life. It's in verse 10. I want to know Christ. And the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of sharing in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death. This verse occurs in a section of scripture where Paul reminds readers of what he had been. We've looked at this over the past couple of weeks. Paul describes himself as a Pharisee of Pharisees. I mean, he wasn't just a Pharisee. He was a super Pharisee. He had power, he had authority, he had fame, he had respect and talk about following the rules. He was a king of following the rules. He had followed the rules to the letter and he let everybody know about it. In verse 8, he declares that all of that, all of those things that he used to think were so desperately important, they were rubbish in comparison to what he now had in Christ. All of those things he thought were so significant, they were meaningless in comparison to what he now knew in Jesus. So what did he want now? What drove him now? What was his goal in now? What was the most important thing in his life? How high did Paul aim? Here's how he describes it. To know Christ and the power of his resurrection. That's about as high as it gets. To know Jesus. To realize his resurrection and everything that that means. Paul wanted to know this new life in Jesus. And his goal was to realize just how powerful that really was. But notice he doesn't stop there. To that, he adds this statement, and the fellowship of sharing in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death. Whoa, wait a minute. Paul's goal is to suffer? His goal is the cross? Now remember, these were not just idle words for Paul. Paul is in prison when he's writing this letter. The cross for Paul was not just some theological concept. It was not just a nice piece of jewelry on a necklace. The cross was a very real possibility for Paul, and he knew it. Why would he make that his goal? Now, Paul wasn't some kind of masochist. He didn't have a death wish. But he realized that the greatest thing he could do for his life, for who he would be, 
for everything that meant anything to him, the most important thing to him was to live his life fully for Jesus. Nothing else even came close. And so Paul aims high. Suppose this this afternoon after you leave service today, you, you go to your favorite restaurant for lunch. And as you walk in the door, balloons fall from the ceiling, streamers are are going off, music starts to play, and and all the employees in the restaurant start applauding for you. And your waiter comes up and informs you, you're the 5,000th customer this week. And they have a special promotion, being the 5,000th customer means that you can have anything you want from the menu for free. They take you over to your table. They give you a menu. You begin to peruse through all the wonderful uh, items that they have, all the appetizers, all the salads, all the steaks, all the meals, everything. And way down there, there's the desserts. You look through the whole thing. And what do you order? A glass of water and two croutons from the salad bar. (laughs) Now, of course, you're not going to do that. No one, if they are given an offer of anything that you want off the menu, no cost whatsoever, you're going to go through and find the best meal you can find, your favorite meal. You're going to go ahead and spring for the appetizers, and you're going to get the dessert, and you're going to order a to-go box, a really big one. Here's the sad truth, though. Way Too many believers are settling for spiritual croutons. Sometimes it's because sin has gotten into their lives and blinded them into thinking that croutons are really all they need. Sometimes it's because they actually believe that croutons are all there is. Don't make that mistake. Aim high. Don't settle for just sitting in a pew. God has so much more for you. He has the power of the resurrection that He wants to live out fully in your life. Now, like Paul, we need to realize that comes with the fellowship of sharing in His suffering. The Christian life lived to its fullest will not always be easy. But it will always be greater than anything this world has to offer. So aim high. Share your faith. Get involved in a ministry. Let God use your talents and your gifts for His glory. Which leads to the second thing that we need to understand. Because when we truly aim high, there's something else that we need to do. Let God do it. If we want to hit the target, we've got to be willing to step off the throne of our life and let God be God. Paul puts it this way, last part of verse 11, and so somehow to attain the resurrection from the dead. Now, what in the world is Paul saying here? Somehow to attain the resurrection of the dead? Is he implying that, that he thinks that maybe he won't make it? 
that he's got to work really hard and, and hope that somehow, some way, he's going to make it to everlasting life. No, that's not what Paul is saying at all. Remember, this is the same Paul who said it's by grace you're saved through faith, and that not of yourselves is a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. He hasn't suddenly changed his mind and decided that, oh, I really do need to work my own salvation and, and earn my own salvation. The words that Paul uses here, he's not questioning his salvation, hoping that somehow he's going to make it. He knows that Jesus has already accomplished everything that needs to be done for his salvation. And when Jesus died on the cross, the, the price was paid in full. Everything was taken care of. Everything was accomplished. His salvation is absolutely secure in Christ. Paul knows that. So what is it that he's saying? Well, it's a bit of a problem of, of the English translation here. Verse 11 is really just a humble way for Paul to say, God's the one who has to do this. The somehow is a word that is a recognition that Paul is hopeless without Christ. But in Christ, all things are possible, even the salvation of a man who used to persecute Christians. And it's not just his salvation. Everything that Paul does is 100% dependent on Christ. If he's going to get to heaven, yeah, that's 100% dependent on Christ. But also, if he's going to successfully spread the gospel, that's 100% dependent on Christ. If he's going to live a meaningful Christian life, that's 100% dependent on Christ. Whatever it was that Paul was going to accomplish in life, he recognized it is all completely, totally dependent on Jesus. So Paul determines to aim high and to let God do it. I've always been interested in space travel. Ever since I was a kid uh, watching the Apollo program and, and still watching it today, it just uh, fascinates me. And, and who knows, someday maybe I'll be able to do it. There, there are also already companies that are, are getting ready to find a way to let private citizens like us travel into space. Companies like SpaceX that, that actually have developed their own rockets launched them, and in some cases actually successfully landed them. Something that would be important to me if I'm going to buy a ticket on one of those. But just imagine that, that you go make a billion dollars in the software industry or wherever you make your billion dollars, and then you take that money and you hire a bunch of engineers and scientists and get them to build your rocket, and they, they take you out to the launching pad and load you up on the rocket. They light it up and fly you all the way to Willard. Now, there's nothing wrong with Willard. Nice town. But if you're going to build a rocket, you want to go to outer space. You want to go where nobody's gone before. Paul did not want to be short-sighted. He wanted to be everything God had created him to be. He wanted to know the power of the resurrection. And he knew the only way to do that was to let God control his life. Now, now, that didn't mean that Paul sat around doing nothing. He shared the gospel every chance he had. He worshipped with his fellow believers at every opportunity. It was one of the things that he missed the most when he was there imprisoned. And when he could, he caught every camel, every boat ride, every direction he could go to spread the gospel as far as he could. But ultimately, he knew he was 100% dependent on God to do it. It's why his circumstances could not hold him back. 
Even in prison, God could use him. Even if he was executed, God could use his witness. Paul wasn't afraid, and we shouldn't be either. Where are you aiming this morning? What's your goal in life? What's your focus today? Aim high. Aim for something that only God can accomplish through you. And then let God do it. Heavenly Father, so often we're so guilty of aiming way too low. Of thinking the Christian life is just following a bunch of rules. And God, you gave us your commandments for a reason. They're good. We're, we're glad they're there. They, they show us how to live our life the very best we, we can. But God, that's not the ultimate goal, just to follow all the rules. The ultimate goal is to glorify you. So help us, Heavenly Father, today to aim high. That person that we think we could never reach for Christ, God, help us to, to reach out to him. That ministry that we think we could never accomplish, God, help us to, to step forward and say, Lord, I'm here. Use me. Help us, Heavenly Father, to aim high and then help us to 100% trust in you that everything we do might be fully for your glory. We thank you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen.